Welcome back to James and the Giant QB. I am Jim Weber, joined as always by former Kentucky quarterback and Super Bowl champion Jared Lorenzen. Jared, it was a wild week nine in which you saw Kentucky beat Tennessee 29-26 for the second win over the Volunteers since 1984. How are you feeling by probably putting the final nail in Butch Jones' coffin? Um, you know, I, I don't know anymore with Kentucky. You know, it, it's one of those games that if we win, well, yeah, we should have won. But if we lost, it's like, oh, my God, how do you lose? Because they're starting running backs out to Tennessee. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're down five, and there's three minutes to go. And Steven leads us on this great drive down, and then we score with, 30 seconds left, and I'm like, oh, God, that might be, that's quite too much time. And it comes down to a Hail Mary, and they freaking catch the ball, and luckily we tackle them at two. <laughs> yeah, um, very Kentucky like, finish. So Kentucky football. Um, but you know what? It's like, I think it's only like the second time we've been bowl eligible before Halloween. I mean, we we have Ole Miss coming, then Vandy and Louisville still to play. I mean, we've got a good shot to still make you know a a, a bigger a big bowl um, for us, and I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I was expecting you to bust out the periscope and the fireball shots. Were you thinking about that? Well, one? it was it, we were favored, yeah, so okay. that was you know it's tough to do it when you're favored and. Somehow, somebody in Vegas hits the spread exactly. Yeah, of course they do. Uh, by the way, what do you make of Steven Johnson? I, I feel like he's had a lot of big wins, and that was a, a great game-winning drive and game-winning touchdown. But 46 yards passing is not going to get it done most often. No, um, and I don't think we were coming in throwing the ball. Um, from what I had heard throughout the week, there were some come-to-Jesus meetings. Um, in the offensive line and running back room. And we weren't really, like, I don't remember him really missing any really bad throws. Um, we just decided we were going to run the ball. And we had almost, or right at about 300 yards rushing. So we just ran the ball. He threw some hitches. Um, he ran the ball probably for close to 100 yards. I mean, he... He's our state. I mean, he's the most underrated quarterback in Kentucky history um, because he's only going to be here for this year. And, I mean, he'll be here, what, about a year and a half? He's probably won more games. He's already won more games than I ever did. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just he's a winner. I mean, and I'm hitching my wagon to that dude. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to get to the game of the day that – left me with a sick feeling in my stomach, and I feel like you probably had the same feeling, which was Ohio State 39, Penn State 38, and Penn State blew a huge lead, and it was just so frustrating because I think everyone in the country knew if you're going to beat Ohio State in Columbus, you got to drive the stake through them and finish them off, and Penn State just had this play not to lose, try and run the clock out. Uh, I think that was most obvious when it was third and a couple down near Ohio State's goal line with about five minutes to go. And instead of going for the touchdown, they just kind of ran up the middle and took the three points. And they said, okay, we're up 11, and let's just try and squeeze 
uh, the air out of the ball until this ends. And then, of course, Ohio State comes down. JT Barrett looking like Tom Brady. And now Ohio State all of a sudden is back in the college football playoff picture and probably just needs to beat Michigan and Wisconsin to end up in the playoff, which we knew all along despite losing to Oklahoma at home. Yeah, I mean, we, we've called it from the get-go. I, I, and I think we should call it what it is, man. Call it Spade Spade. The Pitt just choked. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no other thing about the coaches. Absolutely choked. This is not on the players here. You know, the players don't call the plays. Yeah. And, you know, that, that young quarterback's not going to be checking, you know, into certain things or anything like that. He's going to call whatever's called. And those, those coaches just... You're right. They tried to run the air out of it, and that is – you can't do that, man. you got to go and absolutely put that stake all the way through them or else you leave them a little bit of a pulse. Yeah. And you see what happens. Yeah. Uh, give J.T. Barrett credit, man. That's yeah. one of the best fourth quarters ever. Yeah, and best. I've I've ragged on him a lot for his inefficiency throwing the football, but I think he so was – yeah, he was perfect in the fourth quarter, didn't miss a pass, and was throwing lasers to Ohio State's wide receivers. So uh, just unbelievable game and uh, unbelievable to see how many times teams don't learn the lesson that if you're going to beat Ohio State, you got to finish them off. Um, but unfortunately, that lesson was learned the hard way again by Penn State. Well, especially in Columbus. I mean, yeah. it's just like... Come on, guys! You you know better. You're uh, they have all the tools. Since they had all the tools to beat that team, and just choked. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your top four right now? Because the first rankings for the college football playoff come out this week, and I think most people have Georgia, or Alabama one, two, and then there's kind of a clump of teams that are either undefeated but not that impressive or have one loss. You've got Clemson, lost to Syracuse, Ohio State, who lost to Oklahoma, but that was way back in week two of the season. Wisconsin and Miami are both undefeated but haven't really beaten anyone. And Notre Dame, who lost to Georgia, who could be the number one team in the country. So who would be your last two teams in the college football playoff if it started right now? Hey, I damn near picked them out of the hat. Um, yeah. I don't think you, I don't think you can put Wisconsin and Miami up there all the way yet, um, yeah. because like you said, their schedule. You know, you put them, I think, at you know maybe five, six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just I mean they're in it, but you know what I mean? They're they're not really there. Yeah. Um. But plus, and I think doesn't Miami play Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, they do. So that'll be decided on the field. That'll be decided. But you know, right now, give me um. I'm partial to Clemson because they lost only because their quarterback was out. Yeah. You know, I think that team's a very good team with their starting quarterback. Um, and they proved it, you know, when he came back. Yeah. They beat the Little Daylights out of Georgia Tech. So, um, give me Clemson and, man, that last one, you can really just do whatever. And I am not a Notre Dame fan at all. So I can't put them in there. Um, <laughs> so Ohio State by default? Unfortunately, no, no, because I hate Ohio State. Give me, give me Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. After r- writing them off, you're bringing them back just because you don't yeah, want to Yeah, I'll bring them right back in because <laughs> they're defeated in the big time. And Ohio State's not. And 
So yeah. I'll have Ohio State at five, knowing full well they're in it, but uh, I'll have them at five and then Miami at six. Yeah, I'd have to go Notre Dame at three because the loss at home to Georgia looks pretty darn good right now. And they've just Isn't absolutely it, what crushed it a people. one point loss too. Yeah, it was a one point loss. Yeah, uh, and then I got Ohio State at four. So we'll see. Now, one scenario I was thinking about is that while I love the college football playoff and that we're going to have more of this decide on the field, I was thinking, what if Alabama Georgia plays in the SEC championship game and then the loser becomes the four seed and then they play again? I in the thought playoff? about the yeah. Is that a disaster? I thought the exact same thing. Yeah, because it's very possible. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was all just a close game, which everything points to that it should be a close game, um, what in the hell do they do there? Do they, does that second SEC school not make it because they wouldn't want to replay or, or uh, even back to back weeks? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or would they intentionally not give them the four seed? Would they say, okay, let's give Georgia or Alabama, the, whoever loses, the three seed, wink, wink? Because we don't want a rematch. Because I think a rematch is just probably the worst case scenario for the college football playoff. And, and that gives all the people that say the playoff wasn't going to solve the problem ammunition saying, look, uh, this is why the playoff isn't any better than the old system. Because now you have a meaningless SEC championship game in what would have been a semifinal contest. Uh, uh, yeah, 100% with you. I mean, I, that, that, that is a detriment before the SEC, I mean, just because I don't, I don't think they would put them in there. But um, so I don't know. I mean, so much more has got to happen. Yeah, so much more is going to happen. I mean, who the hell would have thought TCU would have lost the way they did, or when they did? You know what I mean? So it's you know, about another two weeks, this thing will be uh, so now for us. Yeah, right. Okay, I want to get to the Q and A portion of the show from fans. Someone asked, would you rather get blown out or lose like Penn State, where you just gag up a huge lead? Oh, blown out every day. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than knowing what they're going to be doing to you, watching them do it, and watching them scrum. I've played in too many of those games. Yeah, right. Uh, The next question is, as a player... Where would you speak up to the coaching staff? At what point would you speak up to the coaching staff when you feel like they're letting a game get away and you disagree with the calls? Do you just save it until after the game, or do you blow up on the sideline? I know you you are a little more confrontational with your coaches than the most. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have blown up. I would say, hey, can we try this? Let's try this. You know, maybe it's um, maybe it's a hitch. Maybe it's uh. Maybe it's an outside run. Maybe it's something like that. Hey, you know, I'm seeing this out there. What do you What do you think? You know, I, I'm seeing the safety come down to the left. When he comes down to the left, hey, we can run a stretch to the right, I think. Yeah. Instead of running the dives, I understand what we're doing. You know, and I'm not going to be done with the ball or anything like that. You know, you got you got to convince them of all that stuff, but. Uh, you know, once you go about two series, you kind of see what the hell they're doing. And that's when you have to have a talk and say, hey, look, what do you think? Now, you may lose, but at least, you know, you got it off your chest. Yeah. Okay, next question is, how many SEC coaches do you think will be fired this offseason? So just to run through the candidates, you got Butch Jones at Tennessee, Jim McElwain right. at Florida, 
Brett Bielmo yeah, at Arkansas. Uh, Kevin okay. Sumlin at Texas A&M. Ole Miss has an interim head coach. And Missouri with Barry Odom doesn't look like he's uh, going to make it for another year. So that's that's six right there. But six firings in one offseason, that's almost half the conference. Seems like maybe someone will pull it out in the end. Yeah, well, I, I think you can mark down Tennessee, Florida as an absolute. Um, I think Bilba may have got his job back. If he loses to Ole Miss, he's done. But somehow he pulls out that win. Um, I think they give Missouri another year. Man. And then Texas A&M with Kevin Sumlin. It's, it's funny because they started the season with that huge choke against UCLA. <laughs> and then they started to game back steam, and now they've completely collapsed again in, in it, epic A&M fashion. I, I, I think they say they've had enough of him. So yeah. here's another thing. So we say Coach O's okay. Oh uh, yeah, that's what's funny. Ed Orgeron at LSU now looks like one of the safer yeah. coaches in the conference, I guess. <laughs> Which is crazy. So yeah. uh and I and I think he's fine right now. Yeah, but, after uh, losing to Troy, yeah, he's I, I, he's got good job security in the SEC, relatively speaking. Right. I think uh I think they have enough of coach someone. Um so yeah, I think there's give me three. Uh, you know what? I'll go four, just just because I think three, pretty positive. Yeah, the thing I always think is interesting is that we always talk about the guys that deserve to be fired, or we think that are going to be fired, and it's like there's just not enough candidates to fill these spots that are really quality candidates. I mean, you look at Scott Frost is a really hot name at UCF. Um, Mike Norville at Memphis is a hot name. Uh, maybe there's a couple other guys out there. I guess you can put Major Applewhite. But you're talking about, you know, who's going to fill Florida? Who's going to fill Tennessee? Who's going to fill A&M? These are just huge jobs that someone's going to have to make a huge jump. And then someone's going to whiff. And then they're going to say, oh, we shouldn't have fired this guy in the first place. So, I don't know. I just think it's... Well, it really doesn't hurt my deal. I hope they whiff on about four or five in a row at Tennessee and Florida. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you're right. I mean, there really isn't these great coaches in the waiting I don't think a Scott Frost comes over to the SEC. I mean, we talked about that last week. I think he's going home to the motherland. Yeah. Um, I don't know who makes these jumps. Um, I don't know the hot coaches. I, I mean, you're, you'll get your, you know, of course Gruden's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah Gruden to Tennessee, that's a lock. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happens here. Um, the rumors will start that somebody bought a horse farm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, he's come to Kentucky. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I was thinking that Dan Mullen could leave Mississippi State for Florida, so that fills one spot, but then you open up another spot. So it'll be yeah, interesting exactly. to see how it all plays out. And, and I think Dan Mullen, God, will be perfect there. Yeah. Because they need an offense, and that boy, he gets done. He yeah. flat out gets done. But like you said, it opens up Mississippi State, so... Um, you know, I, I I love Mullen. I don't I don't see any other big time coaches that I would like. Oh God, I'd love for him to come there. Yeah, um, I feel like it's got to be I, Mullen because he was there during the glory days with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. Then you can bring Tebow back as the quarterbacks coach, and all will be well in Gainesville again. Oh, they'd never lose. Yeah, he just I Tim mean, Tebow gives that halftime speech. 
uh, the epic rousing halftime speech and and they score sixty points a game with whoever they find. Yeah, well, I'm pissed off because it'd be the perfect speech. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's freaking female. Yeah. <laughs>